Turkey Call All Access, the official podcast of the National Wild Turkey Federation. Brought to you by Nomad. Turkey Call All Access is a digital campfire where we discuss topics of the day, conservation efforts, tips and techniques to better your experience of field, and our members' stories. This is Sydney Broadway, the Director of Membership at the NWTF. And this is Gilbert. I'm a Digital Media Specialist with NWTF. And I'm Philip Matthews. I'm the Social Media Manager at NWTF. Welcome back to the Turkey Call All Access Podcast. We're here with Zach from Reaper Boats and Cody from Full Strap and Stringer. And we're talking about the 50th anniversary sweepstakes and all things waterfowl hunting. We're excited to talk to Zach and Cody Um, We'll get to that conversation in 90 seconds, but first we have a message from our sponsors. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend, if you're a spring turkey hunter, spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. Um, we'll go ahead and jump in, um, and we want to start with with you, Zach, and um, just want to thank you for y'all's donations to the NWTF for the sweepstake, and wanted to hear a little bit about you and why you started Reaper Boats and what you thought the, the boat industry was missing when you started Reaper Boats. Well, first of all, we're happy to be a part of it to start with uh, NWTF, something we've been passionate about for a long time. and. Aside from the organization, it's my favorite trade show of the year. So that's kind of how all this got started. But, you know, as far as Reaper and where it comes from, I've, I've just always been into boating. Uh, I mean, I, I came into this market refinishing boats, was a dealer for Edge Boats in Arkansas, designed a boat for Mossy Oak, and then went to work for Edge. And the whole time I was there, I was just constantly pushed by people, man, go do your own thing, go do your own thing. I was just really handcuffed on what I could do creatively there. And the thing about Reaper, what separates us is I'm probably the youngest owner of any boat company in the world. But the cool thing is I, I don't know of another duck boat company where the owner theirself actually hunts in the public woods for 
50, 60 days a year. So this boat is built around my needs in the woods and as a hunter more so than just saying, Hey, you know, that's cool. This, this looks cool. I mean, it's, it's literally built out of the necessities that I've had in the woods over the last 20 years. Yeah. You don't hear many guys that own a company. They're still hunting public all the time. Most of those guys wind up throwing in and buying a place and not worrying about the crowds everywhere else. I think everybody should go hunt private. <laughs> There's no doubt to be killed on public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> go hunt private and get me alone. Get you, get you a couple fields, buy you, buy you a few for boats to get around with in the ditches. But yeah, there's no ducks to be killed on public. Yeah, I've been saying that in South Carolina for the last 20 years. Um, it's it's crazy um, how much has changed. Have you noticed the the Reaper boats invasion in South Carolina, man? I, I can't keep them in stock out there. I have not. I I stopped hunting public mm, probably midway through college just because it was so bad. Like when we were in high school, we'd pull up the boat ramp and there were 10 boats there. Um, and then some of the big TV shows hit and duck hunting became real popular. And there was a two mile line of boats out of the parking lot of the ramp, 150 boats every day at the ramp. And it's, the pressure got so bad and couldn't find spots. So we just stopped. We just, we hunt rice fields and cornfields now up and down the coast. Um, so okay. we, we stopped messing with, with public a long time ago out here. Well, I'm just spoiled where I'm at with, with the woods. I mean, growing up in Arkansas, there's there's more public waterfowl habitat in the state of Arkansas than any place in the world. So, I mean, I'm I'm spoiled in that regard. We still deal with the crowd, but, man, if you know what you're doing and you, you know how to treat people, you can get away from folks and have a good hunt. Yeah, here it's five minutes before shooting time. You're guaranteed you're going to have somebody rolling in with a spotlight trying to set up decoys right next to your boat and – screaming matches and people getting shot at and it's it's not any fun at all that's a that's a third world country out there <laughs> yeah it's real rough um but um we've also got cody on from strap and stringer and cody's um office was nice enough to give us a, a hunt um for the sweepstakes and Cody, we want to hear a little bit about when y'all started and like how many guys y'all run through camp each year and a little bit about y'all's process. Yeah, man. Um, they started full strapper stringer back in 2014. Uh, basically it was Mr. Blake and his son Hunter um, running it just them two. And then over the years they've acquired guides and uh, just kind of built it to what it is now. Um, one of the, one of the biggest in the state of Louisiana uh, I mean, it's, it's nothing for us to run a thousand, uh, 1300 clients a year out of there. Um, we usually got, uh, we keep about eight to 10 guys on full staff. And then we have some part-time guys that come in and help on the weekends, which is the busiest time of the year for us. Um, as one of the, the place, the main area body we hunt is, uh, Catahoula Lake, which is pretty well known around the U S I mean, I've traveled all over and everybody, just about everybody knows where Catahoula Lake is, or I've heard of it or heard a story about somebody that hunted it or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's, just, it's known for its diversity of birds. I mean, like we talked about earlier, the, 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 the strap you can walk off of that lake with of a mixture of puddle ducks and diver ducks is not something you can do anywhere. I mean, you can, you wait you first thing in the morning, you should into a couple groups of teal. Uh, in between morning and midday, you might get into some ringnecks or some cans or redheads. And then we all know that post-lunch 
that post-lunch party where your mallards and your pintails show up. And then, I mean, all the way into the afternoon, you could, you can continue to kill ducks out there. So it's something special, really. That's awesome. Um, Zach, you're talking about you grew up in Arkansas. Are you still in Arkansas mostly? Or are you um, in Louisiana at all? Or are you? Well, I'm here in, I'm here in North Louisiana pretty much full time. Uh, I'm, I'm in a couple different businesses, but uh, I bounce back and forth between Arkansas and Louisiana. Most of my December and January spent in Arkansas hunting, but most of the time, Monday through Thursday, I'm here in North Louisiana at the factory. Nice. Um, being a, a boat guy and a timber guy, have you ever had any um, issues where you had a boat that didn't do what you wanted it to um, as far as getting back into timber holes, or have you always been able to get where you needed to go? Well, I've been able to get where I needed to go, but the boat might not have been in great shape when it was done. Uh, they, we It hasn't changed on the places that we try to get to. The equipment's just got better. Sydney, do you want to go over real quick sort of what what the grand prize winner will wind up um, getting from both Zach and, and Cody and Blake um, with sweepstakes? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the grand prize package is, is pretty dang exciting. You know, Zach, we've got the the Model 656 and the Mossy Oak Camo branded with the NWTF 50th anniversary logos and trailer. Um, it's it is beautiful. Um, I'm jealous of whomever wins it. Uh, and then we've got the hunt with full strap and stringer, and that is a duck hunt for two in central Louisiana. Um, we've got a gator tail boat motor that's going to be accompanied with the boat, um, a pair of Sheen Gear Mossy Oak Original Bottomland Waders. Uh, we've got a Benelli Super Black Eagle 3 and uh, the NWTF 50th Anniversary Retro Camo Gun Sleeve, which was constructed by Boyd. Uh, and then, of course, two cases of federal ammo uh, that you're definitely going to need for the hunt as well. But that's kind of that grand prize package. And of course, we have different different levels of packages. But today we really wanted to highlight that. And you know, we can't thank you guys enough for for being awesome sponsors and hopping on board with us. It's it's really, really great. Really good stuff that you're doing for the NWTF. We're excited. I mean, it's it's a I don't I haven't seen a giveaway that that's that stacked with prizes in a long time. So I mean somebody's gonna gonna leave with a boatload of stuff. Absolutely. In in total, the 50th anniversary sweepstakes is over $70,000 in prize value. So I've seen some prizes before, but this one's, this one's pretty big and stacks up well. So, um, you know, one question that we've had a great deal is why a waterfowl-centric sweepstakes? And, you know, it was really for a multitude of reasons. Uh, for one, you know, research shows that the overwhelming majority of the NWTF audience also pursues other forms of hunting, including duck hunting. And um, we've, we've, we've featured numerous turkey hunting opportunities throughout um, earlier parts of the year with auctions and raffles, and even most recently uh, with the promotion with Nosler. Um, but our last sweepstakes, 
eggs. Um, one winner walked away with a hunt for each subspecies of turkey. So it felt right to do something a little different this year. And then when Natala came up to me and she was like, Zach at Reaper Boats is, has donated us a boat. And I just started chomping at the bit. I was like, let's collaborate. I want that in the sweepstakes. And so that's when we really decided to go full force with the waterfowl theme. And we started reaching out to sponsors and built this incredible package. And Man, I, I, we're doing really well. I don't want to give it away yet, but we're we're actually having a good time. We've got new members coming in daily, uh, seeing a lot of good returns. So you guys have made a, a special special sweepstakes for us for this 50th anniversary. That's awesome, now, Zach. If, if I'm not mistaken, this is this is a special boat that y'all are doing for this. Can y'all can y'all give us some some details about what's special and different about this boat than the other boats? Well, so I've, I've got the only set of Greenleaf stencils in the world, and there's only about five boats that have it on there. Um, this is one of them. So it's painted and all the way inside and out, mossy oak Greenleaf. Uh, it's got a hydroturf on the inside. That's, it's all sea decked out, and it's marked up 50th anniversary with the NWTF logos and turkey tracks down the gun trays, and the trailer's marked 50th anniversary. It's an aluminum I-beam trailer. I mean, it's a, it's a slick boat. And then... Kyle, you know, throwing the gator tail on the back of it. This is, I mean, if somebody went to go buy this boat, they couldn't buy it, you know, equipped the way I've equipped it. But yeah. something similar, I mean, they'd be, they'd, they'd have close to 30 grand in this boat with the motor. Jeez, that that sounds like a pretty slick setup with the, the logos on it and that the hydro turf and everything else. And the green leaf is a nice touch too. Like you said, you don't see green leaf boats very often. No, there's Four like five of them in the country. Yeah. <laughs> and they've all, they're all reapers and they all came out of here. But the, uh, the cool thing that Sydney said about doing a waterfowl centered sweepstakes is so funny to me because it, it really rings home for me. You know, obviously I, I make my living in the waterfowl industry first and foremost, but my passion for the last 15 years has been turkey hunting. I've been, I can't mm -hmm. tell you how many miles on a truck or how much money I've spent running across the country turkey hunting this every chance I get. So, it uh, it really rings home for me, you know, to to have something that that crosses over into a different realm because waterfowling, you know, is something that's so centered to me. But turkey hunting's my passion. That's what I, if I can make money at turkey hunting, that's what we'd be doing. <laughs> well, that that's exciting to hear that your passion crosses both sports, and um, we're very appreciative of you helping with this, and um, and we're glad to hear that you enjoy turkey hunting just as much as you do ducks. Um, I feel a lot of us feel that way as well, um, that if turkey hunting is not number one, it's number two and duck hunting would probably be the, the number one if it wasn't for us. Um, but, um, we're super excited to have y'all as part of this. Cody, do you get to do much duck, um, turkey hunting? Honestly, I've never, I've never been on a turkey hunt. I've heard. Oh, nothing, we got to change that. Hold on, hold on. We got to pause the show. We got to change that. <laughs> I've, I've all, everybody I've talked to that's done it said that they're just glad it doesn't happen at the same time of duck season because it'd probably be all <laughs> the best duck. So I'm, I'm game for anything that I can learn how to uh, use a call for to trick a wild animal into, you know, doing what I want him to do. I mean, that's what, that's a big part of duck hunting for me. I mean, it was fun growing up. Killing was fun, but, you know, learning how to be proficient on a call and being able to take, you know, a group of wild animals duck hunting and convince them to get as close to you as possible to, you know, to do what you need to do. 
is uh, something that is the biggest part of this uh, duck hunting for me, besides running a dog and just all the little things now. You know, the killing's a fun part, but all the little things that go into making it happen is what do it for me. So eventually I would like to step into the turkey woods and take advantage of that. Absolutely. You know, it's funny when people ask me, what do I prefer, you know, turkey hunting or duck hunting? It's, it's tough for me. I, I grew up waterfowl hunting and I grew up turkey hunting too. But I will say that, you know, throughout my time that I've, I've changed quite a bit because growing up, I, I, I was all about the limits, you know, bands, all that excited me. But now I've for the past eight years, I've had the pleasure of running my dog trip. And uh, he only has three legs, but man, he gets out there and he works so hard. And to watch his eyes dance and light up and watch the birds work, I just have to look at him to know what's going on. And, and he, he tells me. So it's, it's great to watch him get out there and bring back my, my ducks and my geese. And he does it all. So I, it's hard to say. I love turkey hunting, but waterfowl hunting will always you know, hold that special place in my heart, especially watching the dogs work. Oh yeah. And that's a, and I think that's something it takes a little while to learn once you get into hunting is there's so many other things about duck hunting that I guess, uh, are special outside of, you know, filling the strap up, which is, I mean, mm -hmm. that's the route there. Let's not, you know, let's not kid ourselves. The whole point come back here is to fill that dude up. But right. when you, when you learn to, uh, when you learn to accept how cool it is, you know, you, this is one of the only sports where you can literally practice for this sport all summer long. I mean, we run, mm -hmm. we run our dogs and hunt tests. Quite a few of us blow calls and call contests. I mean, so all summer long, we're trying to get better at doing this, you know, to, so when it comes those 60 days, uh, we, we, we're able to give the best of what we got. So, and then, like you said, I mean, when you, when you shoot a bird and it falls out there, you know, 250, 300 yards and, and, uh, and somebody's in a blind with you. Well, I guess we're going to have to get in the boat and go get that one. Oh, look, I've been spending all summer. I know that duck's dead out there here. Let me, let me just send this dog for you. And, you know, and they walk out there and they step on that dude and bring it back. And you look next to you and there's just draw jaws sitting on the floor. You know, how did you get him to do that? It's just, you know, something you practice all summer and you, you're able to do that. And it makes it nice. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Zach, are you are you a dog man? Do you run a dog? I, so we we ran such big groups for a long time. I was always against dogs, but love dogs. Grew up with a good dog, and I finally we've gotten to the point where I'm not running big groups as much anymore. And I've got I've got a dog that's at the trainer right now. She uh, she'll be a year old in October. So. Well, we're going to give it a run, but for a long time, you know, we were running. 13, 14 guns in the woods, and it just didn't make sense. I mean, it was yeah. uh, kind of echoing what Cody said. It's I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage as a waterfowl hunter, and Sydney said this too, when you get past the, the limits. For the last 10 years for us, our group of guys, like when we go into the woods, our, our sole focus is we want to see one really big group do it in the trees. Like that's yeah. – we don't, I could, I could go in the woods and shoot seven, but land one group of two or 300 ducks. And I, my day is made more so than going in and shooting 20 and in, in singles and doubles, but that's just what does it for us. So it's, it's more about communicating with the animal, with the call and interacting with them. That's what, that's what does it for me these days. And I think that's why I like turkey hunting so much as well. My other, my other party trick, Cody, you'll get a kick out of this. So every, uh, Every time you enter, you meet somebody that turkey hunts and you don't turkey hunt, they're going to tell you how great turkey hunting is the way Sydney did. So, like, 
uh, I'm really bad about this. If somebody, I meet somebody and they're talking about turkey hunting, I, I just instantly, the, the response, the, the smart aleck in me says, man, I'd like to try that. And I let them give me the whole spill before I'm like, oh man. And they're like, well, have you ever done it? And I was like, oh, I mean, I've killed one in like 38 states. <laughs> but I'll, I'll let them run on for about 15 minutes before I finally correct them. I, I do think being able to interact with the animals is, is a lot of fun. The only thing I think you can do big game wise and get anywhere close to that is elk. Um, oh. And I'd love to give that a shot at some point, but right now I'm going to stick with turkeys and ducks is a little bit easier to accomplish. I like turkey hunting so much. I'm scared to go elk hunting. Here's <laughs> yeah. the deal. You, can, you can travel and kill 10 or 15 turkeys a year and do it legally and nobody bats an eye at it. You kill yeah. 10 or 15 elk a year, you're going to federal prison. Yeah. yeah, not to mention not to mention the price tag difference on on a turkey versus an elk. True. Yeah, that's definitely a bucket list for me. Is if I ever had the money or the opportunity to go chase a big elk, big bull elk in the woods with a bow, I'm talking up close and personal. That would be that would be a pretty phenomenal thing. I'd have to say, just you versus that big animal in his in his territory. Yeah, an yeah, elk with a bow. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Philip. Um, I had a, a I've lived in Montana for about three years and I it was in my heart that I had to kill an elk with my bed. Just had to. And I, I started working on bugling in the summer and you know I followed around some of my friends and learned the tricks of the trade and I learned how to play my wind and the thermals and um I got up and found myself a little spot that I wanted to can't name drop any area, but um, <laughs> I went in and um, I knew that there was some, some big bulls in the area and um, let out a bugle right at first light. And, you know, they respond back to you and just hearing that sound just will literally bring you to tears. It brings shivers up your mm. spine. It's the most incredible. It's just like a gobble. I mean, it fires you up real quick, but um, I had uh, a big bull come crashing in and he stopped right at 60 yards and all I could see was it's just six by six rack and he was standing behind a tree and I was like I just need you to take three steps and I, and I can try to put an arrow through you and he he stood there and he bugled six times at me and I was just shaking I was just waiting to come to full draw and I felt the wind kind of swap and turn go towards him and he he smelled me and he got out of there and I sat down and when I say I cried for 20 minutes I was just I was a hot mess it was that was a tough tough situation I still haven't killed a bull but I would never ever trade that experience for anything that's for sure yeah, I wanted to uh, to ask Cody uh, a little bit about um, so the the area that you guys operate in. Can you kind of get a little bit more detail before? I think I think this was before we started recording. You were talking about the number of decoys you guys run, and I wanted to hear more just about what the lake is like and how it's different from other places. Because you know, like I live in Missouri, so it's a lot like duck hunting around here. We do have big waterfowl areas, but it's a lot of like small pond stuff and very different. It sounds like from what you guys are doing. Yeah, man. So we're basically we're hunting, like I said, Catahoula Lake. It's located. Uh, it's considered the Jonesville area or most people don't know where Pineville or Jonesville is. So let's just say east of Alexandria. Most people know where Alexandria, Louisiana is um, probably about 30 minutes east of there. Um, basically, what's what's neat about the lake is it's a, um, it's a controlled lake. So therefore, um, all summer long, the locks are open, the rivers flowing. Um, and when the water gets dry, like for instance, this year, it's been 
it's been crazy dry. And there's still parts of the lake out there right now that, I mean, you could drive an 18-wheeler across here if you wanted to on the south end. And um, getting close to teal season, what they'll do is they'll actually close that lock on the on the uh, south end and it'll start put holding back water. So basically the water that's flowing out of the river will hit that and start pushing back and flooding the lake. But while all the water's off, the, the lake literally grows its own duck food, the millets and that kind of stuff. For instance, this year, they were actually they bale hay on that lake, which before all this was done, that was a normal practice on the lake. They would run cattle and bale hay and do that kind of stuff. And then a big rain would come, the river would get out, and then, you know, people that lived around there could duck hunt it. Well, they come in and put the control structure in there so they could drill oil and that kind of stuff. Therefore, so now during the summer, you know, the water stays where it is, people fish and that kind of stuff. And then they get all the water off of there about July and that sucker goes dry and that grass starts growing. And I mean, it's been times a miller to get up, you know, shoulder high, just, just crazy amounts of food. And then not too long before till season, they'll start, they'll close that off, start letting that water creep back on that millet, probably get it, some spots it might get knee high. Some spots it might be ankle deep. You know, it all depends on depends on which part of the lake you're hunting. And I think that's what does a lot for it is when you come across that lake and you can see on some of the videos on our website, it just looks like a luscious green field. And I'm not exactly sure on miles from one end of the lake to the other, but I can tell you in a 40 gator tail, it takes you about a solid 25 minutes to run from one end all the way to the other. It's a long journey, you know, yeah. and and being the lake is what so many different depths and different different bottoms. I mean, one end is a hard, solid, boss, sandy bottom. The middle, like we said, where the, the riverbed is, is very soft and muddy. And then back to the north end, it's kind of a river mud mixture. So we run everything from gator tails to airboats to side by sides on tracks i mean it's whatever we got it all whatever we got to do to get out of the lake whether it's dry or wet or whatever we got to do we got something for it all and i think that's what makes it special is there's a shallow part of the lake which obviously your puddle ducks like and then the center of the lake gets a lot deeper which is where we can you know hold most of our our diver birds obviously and then um across the street from the camp we have the louisiana delta which is you know pit blinds and farms and ag fields and that kind of stuff so we got a we got a big variety of it all but that lake itself is just such a year after year spot for ducks to stop that it just consistently grows over the season even though it's getting shot every single day by many you know many people that live around the area that hunt out there, it continues to kill birds. And I think that's what makes it so special is the birds that fly anywhere near that body of water. They're going to come in there and see what's going on. That sounds amazing. It is, it's, it's, it's something special. I mean, later in the year, the amount of canvasbacks, which is a, which is a big bird that a lot of people that hunt with us come to find the amount of them is just, it, it'll, it'll just make you go speechless in the mornings. Uh, the amount of cans that get up off the water and it just, you can't, if they fly low enough, you can't even talk to one another. They're just by the thousands flying over your head and big wads of pintail. The pintail get thick later in the year. That late December, January push of pintail is just by the hundreds. It's, it's, it's pretty cool to watch several, you know, hundred pintail get down in there right in your hole. The only bad part is you can only shoot one. So you got to be picked. Cody, so that lake is, is is very famous. I don't know all the details of it, but I've 
I've done a little bit of research on it. So is, is Chattahoola Lake, is it a private access lake now where you pretty much is there three or four outfitters that have the access to it at this point? Or? So so what it is, is it's it's a lot of that it was started before my time. I've been with them since 2018, and it's a thing that's been going on for a while. A lot of it's got to do with landowners and that kind of thing that, like I said, own land previous to all this. And um, it is, it's slowly starting to trickle into the certain parts are starting to go private. Um, certain parts are WMA. So it was an NWR before, and now it's slowly starting to cut into private pieces and WMA pieces. So you kind of, signs are starting to go up here and there. So I, I'm guessing, you know, here soon, Onyx is going to be a very uh, needed tool to find your way around that place. For sure. So I know where to come if I want to get that trophy canvas back, huh? Say that again? I said, I know where I need to come if I want to get that trophy canvas back, huh? And we and there's one way we really like to hunt, and we, we call it hunting in the bushes. But when the water gets up, we got to um, – there's a lot of buck brush that surrounds the sides of the lakes and we'll actually get in there. And what you do is you find on a big wind days, them cans like to get in them coves out of that wind and we'll go up in there and push them out. And they'll go out on the lake. You get out there and you pitch you a dozen big Magnum Drake can decoys and you get back in them trees. And, uh, and just about 95% of the time they'll swing out of that lake and they'll come right back up in there. And I'm talking, I mean, you're shooting them at 10 or 15. It is, it's, it's pretty cool. Oh, that, that makes my eyes light up. I'm gonna have to. I'm awesome. have to find me some time to get down there. Oh yes, indeed. Yeah, come on down, man. Around that late December, early January, where you that way you get your nice big full plume, thick neck, big body. That's that's the time to do it. That's what I want. I want to get my taxidermist feel even higher with a nice canvas back. So you'll be seeing me soon. I promise. Oh, that's one thing about we shoot so many different species. The the amount of um, people that hunt with us, I know there's a lot of happy taxidermists when people leave us. Mm -hmm. I'm, yeah, and you know, there ain't near as many birds to clean when you have a good day of a lot of plume birds. There's a lot of birds going in bags. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Sydney, did you want to touch real quick on, because um, we're, we're talking about the sweepstakes, um, you know, obviously we have Bull Strap and Stringer has an awesome experience, but we have a a bunch of other really cool experiences that are like once in a lifetime duck hunts for people. Do you want to touch on those real quick and just let people know what we have available? Absolutely. I'm happy to, to kind of talk about those really quick. No problem. Um, so our first runner up prize is with a uh, Fox Hill Lodge and they are out of Kodiak, Alaska. Um, so if you're wanting to get that, you know, beautiful Harlequin, uh, that's, that's the folks you want to go to. Um, I've seen some video footage from there and it is just absolutely stunning. That terrain is, is incredible. So I know somebody's going to be really happy with that hunt too. And they're going to get to bring a guest as well. Um, and that is uh, for a four day hunt, as I said, in Kodiak, Alaska, a lot Lodging and meals are included. Um, then we've also got a hunt with um, Island Number Thirty Four. Uh, that's our second prize, um, and then our third prize is with Williamson Outfitters, um, and they're over in North Florida. And that's going to be a unique experience. That's a, a cast and blast uh, fishing for two, and that's with two nights lodging. So they're going to get to you know shoot some ducks and then also do a little fish and maybe catch a catch a redfish or something like that so i think that's going to be a, a fun time as well but they're all just primo spots i've seen the videos from um 
from uh, island number 34 and man they are they are doing it right there philip you you saw some of those videos it's incredible yeah. what they're doing there it's magical really that's a really cool place my a good yeah. friend of mine jeremy washington's the head guy at island 34 and if, <laughs> if somebody hadn't had a chance to hunt with him in their lifetime then it'll be worth it just to go hunt with him he's a fun dude to be with We've got some primo, I mean, primo outfitters lined up, that's for sure. Um, you know, Full Strap and Stringer, uh, Mr. Pete Mueller, our director of membership, he actually told me, he was like, if you guys want to go on a really awesome hunt, you need to check out Full Strap and Stringer. So, we, we, you're my first person to reach out to. And uh, Blake was excited to hop on board with us, and I was so fired up when he, he committed first off. So, it's just all come together so well. You know, the, the sweepstakes just... It's, it's really been a great experience putting it together and getting to talk to everybody and seeing the passion that's not only for waterfowl, but also turkey, like getting to hear Zach talk about his turkey hunting adventures. And it's, it's exciting. And, and Cody, don't you worry. We're going we're gonna to get you some turkey hunting going down too soon. So don't you worry. Sure, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we got to fix that for him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm, sure my, I'm sure my wife will appreciate that. Another hobby. <laughs> Another hobby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then one thing I do want to mention before we close out. Um, so uh, for the 50th anniversary sweet stakes right now, we're in what they call the early bird period. So through September 30th, when you enter, you double your entries. And that's that sounds crazy, but it's true. So what happens, let's say you purchase 24 tickets, you get 48 entries just by entering by September 30th. So if you're listening right now and you've been debating on whether or not to enter, you need to enter now. So make sure you get it in before September 30th and your interest will be doubled. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> important. Extra yeah. interest is always nice. I was going to say, we just want to thank Cody and Zach again for getting on and spend the time with us this afternoon to talk about this. We are really appreciative of what y'all have done for us and the NWTF and we hope that the the winner of the grand prize is excited about what they're getting ready to receive as we are for them. Um, this is definitely a, a once in a lifetime opportunity for them. Um, and it's going to be something that's really special. Um, and we appreciate everything that y'all have done for NWTF. All right, man, we appreciate y'all. And we're looking forward to having, having uh, the lucky winner come make a hunt with us and share a blind with them and, and uh, hopefully make some, some new memories for somebody. Exactly. Absolutely, we're just we're just glad to be a part of it. I I think somebody's going to be very pleased with the with the prize package and the hunt that they're going to get. It's going to be a heck of a time for them. I agree. Yes, I just want to echo Philip's sentiments. Thank you so much. I mean, this is this is exciting time for us, and I do want you to know that you're making a huge difference and a huge impact at the NWTF, um, specifically in my area as the director of membership. You know, membership that's the heartbeat of our organization, and so without the members, we couldn't do what we do. And you guys are helping us get new members through this waterfowl uh, sweepstakes. So thank you so much for being a part of the 50th anniversary sweepstakes. Thank y'all. Thank you to the sponsors of the 50th Anniversary Sweepstakes. Reaper Boats. Full Strap and Stringer. Foxtail Lodge. Island Number 34. Williamson Outfitters. Gator Tail. Boyd Harness Company. Benelli. Jean. Federal Premium, Mud River, Gunner Kennels, Hook and Gap, 
Turtle Box. And Dirty Duck Coffee Company. Under the visionary leadership of founder Johnny Morris, Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's is leading North America's largest conservation movement. Their partnership with the National Wild Turkey Federation is a match made in heaven for hunters across America. The Save the Habitat, Save the Hunt initiative continues to be a resounding success, with more than $6 million provided for conserving wildlife habitat, recruiting more hunters, and opening more access to hundreds of thousands of acres across the nation. To learn more, go to BassPro.com conservation. Hey guys, this is Aaron with The Hunting Public. Each spring we head to the woods chasing turkeys, and one overlooked product that we use religiously is Sawyer permethrin. We've used it for years to keep ticks off of us, and it's worked extremely well. We don't like messing around with Lyme disease, Rocky Mountain spotted fever, anything like that. So I would highly recommend if you're a spring turkey hunter spending any time in warmer climates in the outdoors to use Sawyer permethrin. Learn about their advanced insect repellents and family of technical lightweight water filters at Sawyer.com. Hey y'all, I'm Jason Hart, founder of Nomad Hunting Clothing. At Nomad, we're bringing simplicity and authenticity back to hunting. Whether you hunt to escape your hectic work life, for locally sourced organic meat, or to socialize with friends, to uphold your favorite family traditions, we're with you and we do the same. At Nomad, we understand your gears and investments, so our products are engineered and priced for every hunter, tested in the real world, and designed to last. Hunting is in all of us. Nomad is with you. 